the team lead roles can can switch pretty fluidly honestly if if they need to or want to there's been a lot of cases that I've been a part of where you know somebody has been a team lead for a year or two and they decide that um, you know, they need a break from that or they you know don't want to be in that position anymore. And so then somebody else, you know, can rotate up whoever, uh, I guess that team lead feels would be a good replacement, you know, on their current team to replace them. Hey y'all, I'm Chase Clements and this is the Support Ops Hangout. This is a show that helps you deliver a better support experience to your customers. Now we've got the full crew back this week, which is probably one of the first times it's happened in weeks which is really nice. So um, before we dive into the topic, let's go ahead and meet up. Livingston, you're out next week, boo, but we'll let you go first this week. So how are you? Oh, well, that's, that's nice to go first since I'm going to be out next week, but I'm doing well. Had a good vacation at the beach last week with the family. So energized and happy to be back. Uh, see, I, I, I could feel like the tan coming off in your voice. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> next up, Carolyn from Buffer. How are you? I am not tan, but I am great. <laughs> it's because you live in Portland now. Yeah. We'll blame that. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> have, you, have you already hit up all the like, what, what's the ice cream out there that's really good? Yes, salt and straw. Yes. Did it you hit them is up? one block from where I live. So mm, Dangerous. Yeah, I go all the time, yes. <laughs> and then last but certainly not least, because he's one of the best guys around, Jeff Vincent from Wistia. How are you? I'm great, Chase. Thanks for asking. Oh, I have to ask. It's like written into the contract or something. It seems to be, yeah. <laughs> Wait, Jeff, you have a contract? I gotta get on that. <laughs> I mean, I, let me tell you, I get an awful little bit of base camp for free. It has that weird writer in there where it's like all of the M&Ms, but none of the, like, the blue ones taken out or something like oh, that. Yeah, that, is, that, that is sounds funny. like Jeff. Wait, <laughs> we should talk about that because that is a legitimate technique to make sure you read the contract yeah Yeah, what book was that what book was that from where that was actually a pay attention to the details technique i can't remember but you're totally right carolyn you should expound on that in the the future (laughs) i also don't remember what book it is from but yeah we can so if our listeners remember just like drop that because i remember (laughs) reading that book that was something about the details and like yeah that whole story i'll see if i can find it i can put it in the notes (laughs) All right. So this week we're looking at replacing ourselves, not on the show, thank goodness, but um, as just managers in general, it's, you know, it's rarely a good idea to kind of, uh, to to like bottle up all the knowledge you have about what, uh, like what your job is and what you do and like just being a good manager, a great manager in general. So we want to look at how we make sure others on our teams are ready to step into our shoes if, uh, you know, if something happens. So on this episode, we're going to talk about the idea that regardless of seniority, every good manager trains their replacement. So, and by the way, we're going to like go with a rosy route on this. It's like the manager is like leaving for good reasons or whatever, not the like whole bus incident thing or whatever, <laughs> you know, that horrible, we, like. We really uh, need a better name for that because I have yeah. wanted to reference that several times recently, but it's so morbid. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just don't like that analogy. So yeah, I agree. Let's come. Let's let's replace it. Let's let's rebrand that movement. <laughs> yeah, everyone wins the lottery and leaves. Mm. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> uh, so Jeff, let's start with you. What's um like what like what are some things that you're doing with your team to 
you know, take over your shoes because you have stepped up a couple of times, you know, from the, from when we started the show 144 episodes ago, mm. like you, you've jumped up the ladder a couple of times. So you've got some experience with training your replacement. Uh, I think I'm the kind of person that is, it's not that I'm always thinking about my next role. I'm just always thinking about improving and what's like the next level problem that is blocking me from really making progress. Um, I just love how businesses work and I love hiring people that love to figure out how businesses work. And so it, it means that um, I'm always frustrated when I feel like I've been working on the same problem for a while and I need um, more input, more perspective, more help, maybe like a totally new way of doing things, which I, I feel like on one hand leaves me frustrated a lot of the time <laughs> when I'm doing the same things over and over again. But on the other hand, uh, means that I'm, I, I very naturally reach out to the people that either I work directly with or that work for me um, to find ways to break it up. Maybe it's like somebody else facilitates this meeting uh, for the next couple of weeks, or we just run like an open workshop where it's like, here's some of the things we're doing. How could we do them better? Um, so I, I, I tend not to think in that way about, re- about training my replacement so much as like, let some other people take a crack at it. Um, some, some part of what I'm doing, as long as they're bought into why I'm doing it, like what are the underlying principles for why we do certain things? Why is that um, buy-in important? Well, the, I think the, the buy-in is important because you want people pulling in the same like, direction broadly, even though the tactics might look different. Um, and if, if they don't buy in, that's in some ways even better because we can have an upfront discussion about why they, how they would do things differently. And maybe that's another form of this that I, I haven't experienced myself, but I've seen before where um, a leader isn't or a manager isn't asking Hey, how, how would you all do this differently? And instead people on their team are just stewing about how, you know, this thing is stupid or like, why do we keep having to do this thing every week? And no one's ever asking for feedback. So I, I think I would put all that under the umbrella of like training your replacement is um, giving people the chance to run something that you do that you think is important. Um, getting frequent buy-in on some of the whys, like the principles behind uh, why you do things and soliciting feedback all the time on how they might do things differently. Um, all that I think is just super important. It has a real like organic feel from the way you describe it. It's not like checklist regimented or uh, even like plans pass or anything that you think about when you think like corporate training, ladder climbing, that kind of thing. Um, Carolyn, with, with Buffer, is it that kind of way too? Is it just kind of organic? We're, we're just going to do this naturally. We're just going to make it part of our like everyday, almost like breeding kind of thing. Well, yes, in the sense that as a remote team, um, sometimes things need to happen in a time zone that the person who is in charge isn't awake. And so we do tend to, especially for like those procedure things, which just to play devil's advocate. I love a checklist. <laughs> no, that's not what you're talking about, but, um, like no, six months from now, you're going to be competent in this area and yeah. check the box. No, but like, you know, what to do yeah. if the, you know, the, so this goes down or we're having this problem, like, mm-hmm. like, like a really good example is, um, just like if there's some 
downtime or something like that, like who, who steps up and acts on that isn't necessarily always going to be the person who, um, is, you know, technically the, the leader of the team. So, um, yeah, we, we have a habit of, of doc, of trying to document a lot of those things and spread out a lot of those, um, leadership moments. That's interesting. So it kind of makes sense where if, if your so your app goes down and you're contingent on, Oh wait, we have to wait for Carolyn to show up before we can actually do anything regarding customer things. Like that's a real choke point. And, and one of those where, yeah, of course you've got to train people to be your replacement at that moment. Right. Both procedurally, like people need to be able to log into status page um, and also confidence in terms of crafting a message and communicating and making decisions on what's a big enough deal to send a tweet, you know, like things like that, um, especially in the, in the, in the sort of quote unquote crisis situation of those, those moments. Um, and maybe more broadly, like we are as a company, we are trying to standardize some of those leadership qualities and and we are trying to do more training because in general it is it is sort of unfair to ask teammates to just like spin the wheel of luck like do you have a good manager or not like mm-hmm. well like your experience as a and your growth as an as a teammate will depend heavily on the skills that this person who you're reporting to has and like, you know, whether they're your, your advocate internally. So, um, yeah, our, our people team is, is trying to work on some of those things and identifying if there's like, you know, if, if someone, for example, um, has a particular skill, then we often like once a month we meet as a, as like team leads, um, anyone who manages people and talks through some of those challenges and like pair up with, with folks who want to hear more about that. Yeah. I like, like it almost feels as though you're um, like, how do I put this into words? Like you're, you're, you're collectively looking at analyzing might not be the right word, but it's close. Like you're, you're looking at analyzing what goes into that role and that manager as far as skills and traits and things like that go and pulling out what you can to make sure like that is passed on. So it's, yeah, it's a checklist, but it's, it's more than that. It's like a, uh, like a hard look at this is why Carolyn is, is a great manager. We're going to pull out everything that we can and pass that on to make sure nothing's lost. Yeah. And we just started doing periodic 360 reviews. Um, and so we're now sort of more concretely documenting, um, really what the team leads challenges and areas of growth are and what their strengths are um, so that we can, you know, address both of those and make sure to keep, keep the good things. You know, that person should be training others in those skills. Um, and then if there's an area where somebody could or wants to improve, um, then that's, that's important to know as well. Jeff, I was giving you a space because you look like you had something there. Oh God, I, yeah, I have so much to say. <laughs> um, I have so much more to say, but I, I also know that uh, that I'll just go on forever, and Livingston will never get to chime in, which is really important because I really want to hear how Automatic handles this. I, I think that's that's the the like Chase. I feel like you get the question every time, but it's like, all right, so like, tell us how Automatic does it since you're like five times 
the rest <laughs> of us. I feel like know? it's like the undertone of that is like, tell us how a real company does it. Because the rest of us are like, I don't know. <laughs> I totally in agreement. Tell us how a company that runs the internet does this. Yeah. yeah. Or, or is automatic so at like one third of the internet or like 27% or something? I think it's 28% now, last <laughs> I saw. But um, yeah, so no, how does I mean, it work there? Yeah, I don't know that necessarily we have it all figured out. And I guess the the management Which, structures. Which, by the way, can I just like bump in right there and be like, yeah. that's what I love about automatic is you're upfront. It's like, ah, I mean, we're like 600 people, but we don't have this figured out, really. Yeah. I mean, the. We as as we grow, the management structure is getting a little bit more defined. I know, you know, when I first started at Automatic, there were less than two hundred people, and um, you know, it was basically Matt was sort of the boss, and and that was it. And then everybody else worked in teams, and there were team leads, but they're not. I mean, they're kind of managers, but they're not really managers. They're you know also doing the work on the team. There's just some more like administrative roles, and we still have a lot of that today. Um, but as the company's grown, we've sort of built out that, I guess, C-level, if you will, of, you know, Andrew Spittle, sort of the head of support. Um, and so he's like a, a team lead of team leads, if you will. Um, so, you know, kind of all the team leads or, or most of the, the happiness team leads report to him. Uh, and then he obviously reports to Matt uh, at, at sort of that C-level. Uh, and we have similar setups for, you know, every other main aspect of the company as far as, you know, developer type roles or, or different, um, you know, niches of, of different uh, types of roles in the company. So um, as far as, you know, replacements and training, um, the team lead roles can, can switch pretty fluidly, honestly, if, if they need to or want to. There's been a lot of cases that I've been a part of where, you know, somebody has been a team lead for a year or two and they decide that, um, you know, they need a break from that or they you know don't want to be in that position anymore. And so then somebody else, you know, can rotate up whoever, uh, I guess that team lead feels would be a good replacement, you know, on their current team to replace them. Um, because it's not, it's not exactly a promotion. Uh, there's no like pay increase or anything like that. It's just a, a title really. Um, and somebody has, you know, has to do the, um, the administrative duties and sort of almost like a project manager, you know, keep everything on task and cast vision for, um, you know, what the team is going to, what goals they're going to shoot for, you know, all that kind of stuff that you would think about, um, in this case. So yeah, it can change, uh, there, we had just recently, I think have started offering some, uh, partnering actually with some, uh, outside like coaching and, you know, leadership coaches and stuff like that for, for folks that are interested in doing that kind of thing and, um, trying to become, you know, a, a better team lead if they already are one, obviously learning, you know, more leadership skills and, um, and, you know, getting coached on those skills and, and setting goals and, and that kind of thing, um, is something that I think a lot of people can benefit from. And a lot of people have benefited from, um, based on what I've heard about that. And so, um, as far as, you know, transferring responsibilities and stuff, um, that kind of just happens between the two leads as they're switching. A lot of times what, ha- what ends up happening is, uh, you know, teams grow so large that they end up needing to just split and then you, you know, find two more team leads or, or, you know, however that works or one more team lead. Um, and then in that case, a lot of times it's more of a, like a mentor mentee kind of relationship with the person who's been doing it. And then, you know, when you're splitting that, they're going to probably mentor the, the new team lead and, and their team that is split off, um, to sort of set up in a similar way and, you know, how to set up one-on-ones with your team and what the best, you know, way to go about that is and that kind of thing. Um, 
So that's sort of the the gist of how I've experienced it at Automatic. I um, was a sort of a team lead for a brief period of time, but haven't done it in a couple of years. Um, and so there's you know, quite possibly some things I have wrong there. But uh, for the most part, I think that's how how we've worked it out. And um, you know, obviously, still iterating and and trying to find the the best ways to to do those kinds of things. Do, do people float in and out of that team role frequently? Because like I'm, I guess the thing I'm trying to wrap my head around is like you know if you're like in this like a typical kind of setup where somebody is like uh, you've got a team and then somebody's promoted up to a team lead or whatever you want manager or whatever you want to call it like floating out of that role and resuming what they were doing before like almost feels like a demotion but what you're describing it's like it's just like a cycle like they just kind of float in for a while and then float back out yeah i wouldn't say it necessarily happens frequently um but it does happen um for whatever reason, some, some folks have even, uh, you know, used like a, a parental leave, you know, if they're having a child or something like that, then they'll just go ahead and hand off responsibility to somebody else. And then when they come back, they'll just be another you know member on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, some, you know, milestones like that I've seen affect it. Um, some folks rotate to a different team, honestly, if, if they're a team lead and that's something that, or either they want to experience something else or try something else out, or just that maybe they're tired of being a team lead uh, rather than, being demoted, if, if you will, they'll just rotate to a different team under a different team lead. And then somebody from, from the previous team will step up or, or be selected, you know, to, to continue those responsibilities. So, um, happens a lot of different ways. I mean, there are plenty of examples too, where somebody just sort of, you know, blends back in as a member of the team and, and somebody else steps up. So, um, just about any, any way you can think of it's probably happened at least in, you know, one example. I'm just waiting for the book on this, right? What I I love about that, um, what I love so much about that is related to my, one of the struggles I have with the whole concept of like train your replacement is like a lot of this stuff just doesn't happen fluidly. It doesn't happen linearly and it shouldn't, right? Like our organizations actually need to evolve and change as opposed to being kind of like, well, we drew up this structure like six to 10 years ago. And basically the structure is always going to be the same. So, you know, I'm currently the, you know, head of blah and we're going to need another head of blah at some point. And they're going to go from their title to my title. And it's going to be a very linear thing. Um, and instead there's a little bit of like, a, I was trying to think about this while Chase was talking also. It's hard to think while also listening, but. Mm-hmm. There's that there's that Tom Sawyer story where he like tricks people into painting the fence. And there's like a really good version of that where instead of tricking people into doing it, you're actually looking at people who are really good at individual skills and you're just putting them exactly where they need to go. And the painting of the fence is like building the organization. Like rather than saying there's only one way to skin the cat here, it's like, well, we, we happen to hire somebody who's a really great does skin the cat kind of fall into the same category as hit by a bus? Like we need to change it. Um, there's more than one way to, to make that dessert uh, where instead of um, saying, well, here's our role and we need someone to fit into this role. It's also like, well, we happen to hire somebody on the support team who said they wanted to be a support person, but now it's a year in and they happen to be an amazing writer and teacher um, does uh, education and helping our customers learn more about our product or about what we're trying, you know, our purpose or whatever, does that fit into our strategy? Case Clemens. And so that could be a really great uh, growth opportunity. Yes. 
to all that. Um, and, and mostly because like, you never know what's going to happen. Um, and you never know if somebody really is going to win the lottery tomorrow and, and, you know, move on or, or I'll give you a perfect example since, um, we're going to have a special guest from help scout next week. And Emily's been on the show before. So, you know, all of them are great. Emily came in as a customer support person here at Basecamp and, uh, just was an absolute pro at it. was one of those where you could trust her with anything. And she was a very, very talented writer. She um, kind of brought that with her having, uh, I think she was at a newspaper before. Like we hired her from a newspaper in Alaska or something like that. I forget, but she was a very talented writer. Um, and so she started doing the help side and then she started doing some SVN articles and, and was just like really, really great at it. So when Help Scout came along, I love them, but man, they, you know, offered Emily a job doing that kind of education that, that uh, we call it, I mean, technically it's content writing or whatever. Um, but it's, you know, they hired Emily to take everything she had learned at Basecamp and her previous jobs and then basically become this, this writer for their site. And uh, it was just this perfect kind of move for her. So it's it's not like you're you're gonna have to worry about people getting hit by the bus or skinning a cat or whatever other morbid analogy you want to throw in. It's people are gonna like learn new skills and they're going to move on to other things. And you've got to make sure that you've got people that can pick up where they were. Um, we had to, you know, we brought other people on the team up to speed to handle, you know, kind of the help site documentation and things like that. Um, and and. Like I'm like Carolyn, I love checklists and I love like being able to like look at somebody and be like, all right, you need to like uh, work on these skills over here and, and that kind of thing. But at the same time, it's like you never, like you always have to be prepared for somebody to leave whenever. So you've got to be able to kind of like organically step in and find out, all right, well, we know so-and-so has expressed an interest in the help side and, and kind of KB documentation, things like that. Let's bring them into that role and, and kind of, you know, we've got, you know, we've got Emily for another month. Let's like, let her pour everything she can into that person before she leaves. Um, and it, it kind of, you know, just happens. So yeah, that, that's all I was going to say. I think that's totally right. I think the flip side of it is also true that, um, if you found somebody that would be a really great fit for something and they're already on the team, you should, I feel like we should be encouraging people to move mountains to make that work. Um, because it's such a good growth path for people and it, it, it increases like, I, I guess their, their engagement is a word for it, but also their inspiration, their like creative powers um, at work. And I, I'm referencing, referencing someone on that I was thinking of on my team who she was, she's excellent. She joined the team gotta be three plus years ago. And the reason why we've been able to keep her, um, and, and have her so excited in her work is because her job has evolved. Even if her title maybe hasn't evolved quite as much as it probably should have, and that's on us, we've, been, we've just been constantly finding ways to use her to, to help her put her special talents to work. And I think when you find that on your team, you have to, you know, to use a, uh, a cliche, you have to give away your Legos to those people, even if it's something that you love, um, because they have a chance to be really special at it. And that's your job as the manager. So many metaphors in this episode. Um, I'm just, at this point, I'm just running on metaphors yeah. to see how many more I can get. There's got to be bingo simile? out there somewhere for it. I forget what the difference with the simile and the metaphor was. Man. Uh, metaphor is like or as. No, I think that's a simile. Yeah. Son of a... <laughs> 
<laughs> Close, Jeff, but nice to go. Thanks, Livingston. I really appreciate that. Close only counts in hand shoes and hand grenades. <laughs> two options, Chase. How can I be close? <laughs> <laughs> you were close if by close we went in the completely wrong direction. The totally opposite answer. Yeah. <laughs> you crushed it if that's what you mean. Uh, so, Carolyn, kind of talking about that kind of organics kind of moving in between roles and that kind of thing. I know Buffer's experimented with that kind of thing before where it was, you know, you kind of assemble the team around you on something that you're interested in. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's still going on. Is it? Um, It's hard to keep up with the latest Buffer experiment. Yeah. Yeah. You and me both. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Are you, I'm, I'm just making sure I'm addressing the right thing. So you're talking about like the idea that, you should sort of follow your skills, not necessarily like find the people and then see what they're good at, not necessarily see what you need and find the people to fill it. I feel like Buffer did that. Am I making <laughs> that up? Um, no, you're not making that up. Um, Cause I yeah, think that's well, kind of the, the counterpart to all this. It's like, yeah, the, you know, as a, as a good manager, we're all in this to make sure the rest of our team gets trained up, but they yeah. also have like this, like this responsibility for themselves to, to be active in their learning and their progression and things like that. Um, right. So when Chase Livingston was talking about kind of these team leads that'll float in and float out uh, on some of these situations, like that was the first thing that popped in my mind. It was, yeah, Buffer had something where it was like, if you want to grow in a certain area or if you want to like tackle a project that is really interesting to you or whatnot, like if you could get the people for that team, you could do it. Got it. Okay. Did I make that up? No, you did not make that up. Um, That was back when we did like (laughs) a very, very poorly interpreted version of like self-management in which we like removed a lot of structure around decision-making as well. Uh, Um, All right. So listeners don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. And there's, I can send you a blog post for the, um, uh, for the show notes about like ha- what happened when we did that. Um, and specifically some of the pain points of like organizing engineering resources around what's fun and cool as opposed to what needs to happen. <laughs> you can probably imagine what happened. Like mostly. Bugs don't get fixed. They just Yes. Don't. That was one of the challenges. Yeah. Um, so how does buffer, yeah. like having that experience, how do you now coming at it from like the, the employee's perspective, looking up how to, how do they be proactive and work with their manager as far as like their own self-development and kind of getting to that point where they could replace the manager? Yeah. Yeah. Does that make um, sense? Yeah. So yeah, the the replacing the manager. We don't. I don't have a ton of experience with that. Um, I have, like Jeff, moved out of the um, the team lead role, and someone else moved in. But it was she and I had sort of like been splitting the leadership responsibilities for a long time. So it was just like it was sort of like the one that um, that Chase Livingston described, where the team grew and grew and grew, and then we ended up. Sp- splitting into two and then like we sort of recombined and then um, I moved into this experience role and she took on the, the team lead role for the, the customer service team. Um, so we don't exactly have a ton of history on what it's like to, to have someone replace a manager in customer service. But um, I will say that in terms of 
like finding what you're interested in and finding the resources for it. Um, we've definitely tried to build in room for that because yeah, we're a little bit more disciplined now about, no, no, we, we really need someone in this specific role. Um, so, which is good. That's been an improvement. Um, but we also recognize that through one-to-ones, you're either going to uncover a skill that someone has that you didn't necessarily know about, or that to your point, Chase, that person is going to build that skill and, and have, have a new something to offer that maybe they weren't, um, they weren't originally hired for, or they weren't even particularly passionate about when they were hired one, two, three years ago. Um, so yeah, the, our main structure for that has been one-to-ones. Um, and I, earlier when you said like, I want, I'm waiting for the book on that. Um, I was going to say one of the, the folks who moved on from buffer, um, Patrick Ward wrote a book about, um, about doing one-to-ones in a way that's like much more human and really sort of celebrates the, the messiness of, of doing one-to-ones with a variety of people who have, um, a bunch of different personalities. Um, so I'll send that to you as well, but, um, yeah, that's kind of been, been the way we've approached it. Um, which is, you know, if you, there's sort of this like Venn diagram of three different things. That's if you're good at it, if you like it, and if Buffer needs it, then like, if you find a hole that needs filling, like by all means, um, we have, because of some inclusivity training and, um, just like general maturing as a company, um, we are a little bit more disciplined about how someone moves into a manager role. Um, because, Generally, if you just like handpick somebody who you think is going to be good at it, that's like, you know, there's all sorts of opportunities for bias to creep in there. So um, now we have a much more formal process for detailing out what you are expected if you, and there's, if you're going to apply for that and there's like a whole internal application process and all that. But, um, you know, obviously before that, you have to be building relationships and practicing communication and doing all the things that it takes to um, to be a good lead. So um, there's certainly a lot of opportunity for that. Mm, now I want to hear about the process and we're running up against the time limit. So um, tell us real quick, just like one big thing that when you were looking at that process um, and trying to make sure that it didn't bias out the people that might not naturally have, have went for that kind of role. Um, what, what's like one big thing that, that stood out that's like, yeah, like we found this at Buffer and every company should be aware of that. Um, just like very, very basic bias training, um, is super useful. Um, not because people are like, they call it implicit or unconscious bias because it's like, it's not something that you are aware of or, um, are, are certainly intending to do. So, um, yeah, just like the idea that hand picking your replacement, um, is, is fraught with risk for that because people tend to, identify with people who are like them in terms of gender and skin color and, you know, all sorts of other qualifications that, um, that, you know, tribes uh, exist for a reason. Like people feel more connected to people who look and sound and and walk and talk like, like they do. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the main thing that we've really moved completely away from is like, I'm the lead. And I think that, so-and-so is going to be a great replacement for me 
is there's bias there in terms of like being similar. Um, and then there's also just the, the chance that I might think that someone's a good lead because they're like me, but that's not, ne- you know, there's not necessarily, that's not the only way to lead a team is the way, is the way I did it potentially. So, um, yeah, don't, don't allow people to handpick their replacement. <laughs> Look at Jeff's point coming back around there too with uh, just because I did it this way doesn't mean everyone should do it that way. Yeah, fresh blood is, is good. Uh, Livingston, last question over to you. Um, when you are dealing with a, a bigger company like Automatic, how, like if you have an interest in that kind of team lead role, then how, like what's your next step? Like how do you kind of start moving toward it? Yeah, I think there's a couple different ways. And the most obvious way probably is just to express that interest to your current team lead. Um, because honestly, the way that growth has been lately, there's a good chance that your current team may have to split at some point in the near to medium term future. So, um, you know, obviously that's a pretty good possibility. Um, and I think that's probably, a either talking to your team lead or talking to somebody in HR, you know, just letting somebody know that that's of interest and, and then, perhaps, you know, beginning to take advantage of some of the leadership coaching and, and things like that that we offer um, to, to get ready um, and make sure that you're uh, up to speed on those skills that, that you need. Um, obviously, if you're in happiness, uh, spittle somebody to, to talk with about that because he, you know, obviously has a lot of say in those decisions. And uh, when there are team lead changes, he's involved in, you know, helping select uh, new leads for whatever team and, and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, several different people you can talk to. And then I think there's also obviously a lot of different resources and, and things like that, that you can, uh, begin to take advantage of to prepare yourself. Uh, if that is something that you're interested in. Awesome. Uh, that's all I had. Anything else you want to throw in? Cool. All right. So that's our take on this one. Let us know what you think. It's hello at supportops.co for the email. We're at supportops on Twitter. Um, Yeah. Thanks again for listening. And until we see you again next week, have an awesome week.